Hi there, everybody. This is James Eek, and you are listening to the Warrior's Way podcast, Season 3, Episode 114. We're going to kick things off in a minute, but first, if you're a longtime listener to the Warrior's Way podcast, or if you're a brand new one, and you're looking for ways to improve your training and your life, well, first off, you're in the right place. But if you want to amplify that even more and take all the cool things that we talk about here and get more out of it, I've got something for you. The Warrior's Way Online Training Program is the culmination of about, well, 40 years worth of training that I've done. It's something that I've been thinking about for years, about how I can reach more people and offer a broader and more in-depth approach to how I train and what works for me. And the podcast is one part of that, but the online training program that I put together with all the videos and um, fusion martial arts classes and all the rest, it's something more. Uh, It is something that will allow you to get virtual one-on-one time with me in a variety of disciplines. You can get awesome and unique online martial arts fusion classes that I've put together from like 10 different martial arts. And you can train along with me in it. You can learn how to meditate. You can get into better shape. You can do all the killer workouts that I've put on there. It has pretty much everything you might want. It's got martial arts. It's got meditation. It's got breath work. It's got fitness. Uh, There's something for everybody. The Warrior's Way online training program is a way for you to get in the shape of your life, to hone your martial arts skills, to improve your mobility, learn how to meditate. Like I said, get some breath work practice going, increase your longevity, and just in general, get more from your life. You can get all that and more through the Warrior's Way online training program, and it's a great way to support what I'm trying to do here. So, after the podcast... Head over to warriorsway.ca, that's www.warriorsway.ca, and check it out, and you can start training with me today from wherever you are around the world. Uh, Best bet is to check out what there is on the website. Uh, It's going to explain the different membership tiers and what you get from it, and talk to me before you sign up, though, so we can figure out what works best for you. And... I hope to see you there. One last thing before we go. If you're listening to this, it's relatively fresh out of the hopper. We're still all living through this COVID-19 schmozzle. (laughs) The best way to get through it and get on to living life like you want is to get yourself vaccinated. It is the smart thing to do. It is science. It is safe. Don't listen to all the nut jobs out there. I've had my two vaccines and I haven't grown a third arm or gained any mutant powers, unfortunately. It's just going to help you and it's going to even more help others. The best way we can get rid of this And stop it from becoming even worse, because yes, folks, it could become worse, is to get vaccinated. All right? So, be smart. Think about other people. If you don't like thinking about other people, honestly, you're listening to the wrong podcast. (laughs) 
So be smart. Let's do it, folks. On with the show. As a destructive force, there's nothing as strong as anger. An instant of anger can destroy all the positive action accumulated over thousands of kalpas through generosity, making offerings to the Buddhas, keeping discipline, and so on. So you can say there is no fault as serious as anger. Patience, on the other hand, as a discipline which neutralizes anger, which prevents us from succumbing to it, and which appeases the suffering we endure from the heat of negative, negative emotions, is quite unrivaled. It is therefore of the utmost importance that we resolve to practice patience, and a lot of inspiration can be gained by reflecting on what is wrong with anger and on the advantages of patience. Anger chases all happiness away and makes even the most peaceful features turn livid and ugly. It upsets our physical equilibrium, disrupts our rest, destroys our appetite, makes us age prematurely. Happiness, peace, and sleep evade us, and we can no longer appreciate people who have helped us and deserve our trust and gratitude. Under the influence of anger, someone of normally good character changes completely and can no longer be counted on. Anger leads both oneself and others to ruin. But anyone who puts his energy into destroying anger will be happy in this life and in the lives to come. Whenever we think about someone who has wronged us or someone who is doing or might do something we or our friends don't want, preventing us from having what we do want, our mind at peace before suddenly begins to feel slightly unsettled. This state of mind fuels our negative thoughts about that person. What a nasty fellow he is, we think, and our hatred grows stronger and stronger. It is this first stage, this unsettled feeling, which kindles our hatred that we should try to get rid of. We must make an effort to remain in a relaxed state of mind. If we cannot get rid of that unsettled feeling, it will feed our hate, increase it, and eventually destroy us. Hatred is far worse than any ordinary enemy. Of course, ordinary enemies harm us. That is why we call them enemies. But they, the harm they do is not just in order to make us unhappy. It is also meant to be of some help to themselves or their friends. Hatred, the inner enemy, however, has no other function but to destroy our positive actions and make us unhappy. That is why Shantideva called it my foe whose sole intention is to bring me sorrow. From the moment it first appears, it exists for the sole purpose of harming us. So we should confront it with all the means we have, maintain a peaceful state of mind, and avoid getting upset. What disconcerts us in the first place is that our wishes are not fulfilled, but remaining upset 
does nothing to help fulfill those wishes. So we neither fulfill our wishes nor regain our cheerfulness. This disconcerted state from which anger can grow is most dangerous. We should never try to let our happiness be disturbed. Whenever we are suffering at present or have suffered in the past, there is no reason to be unhappy. If we can remedy it, then why be unhappy? And if we cannot, there is no use in being unhappy about it. It's just one more thing to be unhappy about, which serves no purpose at all. It is only natural that we don't like suffering. But if we can develop the willpower to bear difficulties, then we can grow more and more tolerant. There is nothing that does not get easier with practice. If we are very forbearing, then something we would normally consider very painful does not appear so bad after all. If we can develop our patience, we will be able to endure even major difficulties that befall us. But without such patient endurance, even the smallest things become unbearable. A lot has to do with our attitude. All of us have some altruistic thoughts, limited though they may be. To develop such thoughts until our wish to help others becomes limitless is what we call compassion. The main obstructions to this development are the wish to harm others, resentment, and anger. As the antidote to these, therefore, it is essential to meditate on patience. The more deeply we practice patience, the less chance there will be for anger to arise. Practicing patience is the best way to avoid getting angry. Now let's talk about love. In my opinion, all beings, starting with humans, appreciate love. Valuing love is a spontaneous feeling. Even animals like the people who are kind to them. When someone looks at you with a loving expression, it makes you feel happy, does it not? Love is a quality that is esteemed throughout all humanity, in all religions. Every religion, including Buddhism, describes its founder above all in terms of his capacity to love. Religions that talk about a creator refer to his mercy, and the main quality of the Buddhist refuge is love. When we describe a pure land filled with the presence of love, people feel like going there. But were we describe those pure lands as places of warfare and fighting, people would no longer feel any desire to be reborn in such a place. People naturally value love and dislike harmful feelings and actions such as resentment and anger and fighting and stealing and coveting others' possessions and wishing harm to others. So if love is something that all human beings like, it is certainly something that we can develop if we make the effort. Many people think that to be patient and to bear loss is a sign of weakness. I think that's wrong. It is anger, which is a sign of weakness, and patience, a sign of strength. For example, a person arguing a point based on sound reasoning remains confident and may even smile while proving his cause. On the other hand, if his reasons are unsound and he ha- he's about to lose face, he gets angry, loses control, and starts talking nonsense. People rarely get angry if they are confident in what they're doing. 
Anger arises much more easily at moments of confusion. Suffering can result from both animate and inanimate causes. We may curse inanimate things like the weather, but it is with animate beings that we most often get angry. If we further analyze these animate causes that make us unhappy, we find that they are themselves influenced by other conditions. They are not making us angry simply because they want to. In this respect, because they are influenced by other conditions, they are in fact powerless. So there's no need to get angry with them. When others harm us, it is the result of our own past actions, which in fact have instigated them for in future, they will suffer because of the harmful act we ourselves have instigated. When others harm us, that gives us the chance to practice patience and thus to purify numerous negative actions and accumulate merit. Since it is our enemies who give us this great opportunity, in reality they are helping us. But because we are the cause of the negative actions they commit, we are actually harming them. So if there is anyone to get angry with, it should be ourselves. But we should never be angry with our enemies, regardless of their attitude, since they are so useful to us. One might therefore wonder whether by thus causing our enemies to accumulate negative actions, we accumulate negative actions ourselves, and whether our enemies in so helping us to practice patience have accumulated positive actions. But this is not the case. Although we were the cause for their negative actions, by our practicing patience, we actually accumulate merit, and we will not take rebirth in the lower realms as it is we who have been patient that does not help our enemies. On the other hand, if we cannot stay patient when we are harmed, then the harm done by our enemies will not help anyone at all. Moreover, by losing patience and getting angry, we transgress our vow to follow the discipline of a bodhisattva. When others harm us, that gives us a chance to practice patience. Since our enemies who give us this great opportunity, in reality, they are helping us. If, for example, a person condemned to death were to have his life spared in exchange for having his hands cut off, we would feel very happy, or he would feel very happy. Similarly, when we have the chance to purify a great suffering by enduring a slight injury, we should accept it. If unable to bear insults, we get angry. We are only creating worse suffering for the future. Difficult though it may be, we should try instead to think openly on a vaster perspective and not retaliate. So far, we have been and are still going through endless suffering, without this suffering doing us any good whatsoever. Now that we have promised to be good-hearted, we should try not to get angry when others insult us. Being patient may not be easy. It requires considerable concentration. But the result we achieve by enduring these difficulties will be sublime. That is something to be happy about. If we truly want to practice, there is no practice more important than patience. Patience. 
We cannot pretend to practice without patience. If we cannot bear the harm our enemies do to us and get angry instead, we are obstructing our own achievement of an immensely positive action. Nothing can exist without a cause. And the practice of patience could not exist without there being people who will do us harm. How then can we call such people obstacles to our practice of patience? Which is one of the fundamental practice of a Mahayana practitioner. We can hardly call a beggar an obstacle to generosity. There are so many charitable causes, such as beggars, in the world, whereas those who make us angry and test our patience are actually very few, especially if we avoid harming others. So when we encounter these rare enemies, we should appreciate it. When we have been patient towards an enemy, we should dedicate the fruits of this practice of patience to them. Because he is the cause of the practice. He has been very kind to us. We might think, why does he deserve this dedication when he had no intention to make us practice patience? But if objects need have an intention before, they deserve our respect. Then in that case, the Dharma itself, which points out the cessation of suffering and is the cause of happiness, yet has no intention of helping us, should not be worthy of respect. We might then think that our enemy is undeserving because unlike the Dharma, he actually wishes to harm us. But if everyone was as kind and well-intentioned as a doctor, how could we ever practice patience? And when a doctor intending to cure us hurts us by amputating a limb or cutting us open or pricking us with needles, we don't think of him as an enemy and get angry with him. So we do not practice patience towards him. But enemies are those who intend to harm us, and it is because of that that we are able to practice patience towards them. In general, it is the notion of enemies that is the main obstacle to practicing compassion. If we can transform an enemy into someone toward whom we feel respect and gratitude, then our practice will naturally progress, like water flowing a downhill course. To be patient means not to get angry with those who harm us and to have compassion. That is not to say that we should let them do what they like. For example, we Tibetans have undergone great difficulties at the hands of others. But we are not angry with them since, we get, since if we get angry, we can only lose. This is why we are practicing patience. But we are not going to let injustice and oppression go unnoticed. Wow. So that is from a teaching by the Dalai Lama that he gave to an audience of about 5,000 people in France in 1992. Our enemies are our greatest teachers. Nobody likes to have enemies. At least I sure don't, and I'm sure you don't either. But the reality is that just like the Dalai Lama or Yoda would tell you, 
anger just leads to suffering and darkness. What we need to do through training properly is learn to see the root cause of our anger, to see full on the stupid things we ourselves has done that created the discord. Accept the result and then learn from it all. It's easy in Zen or in the martial arts to look at training through rose-colored glasses. You go through the motions. You only ever see the tip of the iceberg. You commit yourself to the aspects that are easy or that fit easily into your life. What you really are doing, though, is forgetting about the true work, the true way. The simple fact is that while all the external trappings of training are beneficial, the reality is that the most important aspects of training are also the hardest. Someone either does you harm or dislikes you or has decided to do whatever they can to harm, discredit, ruin, or judge you, and you feel it in your bones that this enemy, if you want to call them that, hates you or feels nothing but the desire to see you in misery. We've all been there. The automatic reaction to this is anger, confusion, fear, hostility, pain, and any other assortment of things that are basically summed up with one word, suffering. Then we want to somehow return some form of suffering to that person whether physical, mental, emotional, or spiritual. This is what I call the throat punch reaction. Someone does something to us and we automatically want to lash back. Here's the thing. We don't want to lash back with the throat punch reaction because of anything else except that you want them to feel like you feel. And so you can feel right and believe that somehow they will see that they were wrong. But this is pointless, completely pointless. Here's a secret. We all do dumb things. Sometimes really, really, really dumb things. We are all human, at least I think we are. I'm sure even the Dalai Lama has had moments in his life that he thinks to himself, well now, that was really freaking idiotic. How have I been training this long and still do dumb stuff like that? The difference between likely him and you though is he probably instantly laughs to himself and then uses that stupidity of being human as a great lesson to move on to a better place in his training and maybe talks to 5,000 people in France about it. I'm no Dalai Lama. I'm a simple dude who tries to do his best. I fall flat on my face, and I look back on the past and wonder how on earth I've ever been so dumb, (laughs) and I try to be better. Some lessons have come easy, like a smack in the face that wakes you up, and other lessons have been far slower coming. And that's okay. I really think it is. As long as you learn. Over the past few years, I have really come to see, despite hearing it for years, or more likely decades, 
The compassion, patience, and letting go are the most important things to learn from training. That this is actually all that really matters in training. You might want to believe that Zen is all about sitting. Or you might want to think that Jiu-Jitsu is all about tapping someone out. Or that you need to have really high kicks or be able to meditate for 30 minutes without moving or any other multitude of aspects of what you believe training to be. Thing is, you need to let go of that. You need to let go of the egocentric view of what training means. That it means it's you. (laughs) This need to attain. This need to prove yourself. What matters, what training and what the way is all about is coming to an understanding at our most fundamental level that we are all more connected than we can ever truly understand. That this life and our view of reality in which we live is just a dream and maybe even just a dream of a dream. Doing harm to another just injures ourself. And I know that sounds cliche, but it's not. This doesn't mean not to train in your martial art, though. It means to train yourself so you never have to harm someone. Responding to hate with more hate is maybe even worse than physical harm. When we lash out with hatred, we lose a part of ourselves that we may never even realize we're tossing aside. The same goes when we are judgmental, critical, mean, selfish, cruel, and angry. Of course, we are human, so all these things will still show themselves. What we don't, or maybe shouldn't do, though, if we're serious about our training, is to let them loose on purpose, or mindlessly. Instead, we need to see the anger. We need to ask ourselves where it's coming from. How much of it did we ourselves create? And then reshape that emotional response into patience and into compassion. Every morning when I sit for my meditation, I think about all the people I remember and even those I no longer recall that I have wronged, that hate me, that I dislike, and I send back into the universe that I hope they are loved and safe and healthy and will be liberated. I'm not doing this from some kind of lofty, I'm better than everyone perspective, <laughs> believe me. It comes from the perspective of a flawed human who makes mistakes and wishes and tries to learn from them. If you love your life at all, or even if right now you don't, you got here. Right at this instant, though, through all of those events, through all of those mistakes, through your friends, through your enemies, and whatever else has occurred up till now, All of that happened so you could be right here, right now, listening to this. Breathing, hopefully smiling. The question is, if you have been brought here by all these experiences, what are you going to do with it? And what did you learn? I'll tell you, it took me 52 years to get where I am right now. And it has not been easy.
Some of it was terrible. Some of it was sad. Some of it was wonderful. Some of it was crazy. All of it was, though, in retrospect, amazingly interesting in its highs and lows. It is a story of growth and of change. When you can see your life in this light and learn from it, you really start to see what training can actually be. To see what you don't know. (laughs) To see that you don't have all the answers and you don't even know what the questions are. And you start to see what really matters and what matters the most. And I hope that you right now are at a place in your own journey of training that you can see that compassion and development of patience and kindness matter more than anything else. It's not at the exclusion of everything else, though. That's the thing that you have to understand. You have to train and you have to train hard, physically, mentally, and spiritually. I think that the fact that you're probably someone who understands that training is important, what I would hope is that you make patience for yourself and others the foundation of that. Add to that the cultivation of compassion for others and yourself and strive every moment you can to let go of anger. Be grateful when you get the opportunity to train to let go. Be understanding to yourself and others for the flawed humans that we all are and simply do your best to be better regardless of all the rest. And yes, if you're thinking about this, I'll tell you, that doesn't mean you let yourself get walked over either. That's why we train. That's why we train in martial arts. You have to be strong. You can't let people hurt you but you have to cultivate compassion. When you make this your central point of training, real growth can happen and real change. Here's the thing. Imagine if everyone lived life this way. Imagine if every single person who trained, trained this way. What would it be like? Learn to breathe. Learn to let go. Endure the fire of anger with compassion. So there you go. Let's go on to the question of the week. It's a pretty good one. So the question of the week is from Cynthia. And she asks, what is the hardest thing you have found about training either in martial arts or Zen. Great question. Wow. Um, I see my martial arts training and Zen training as one. So you have to understand that first. From there, I think that the hardest thing I have found over the years is to recognize that we need to have greater empathy and forgiveness for ourselves. We all carry around a lot of junk. Mental junk, emotional, physical garbage. We carry past things around as if it were still happening. And we foster grudges and we let our minds live in junk land. It's like we have this inner soap opera and all we do is go through it. And we all do it. 
What we need to do is accept ourselves and to let go of all that stuff. Just like this week's podcast is about enduring anger through cultivating patience and compassion, we need to really feel the need for that in our truest levels of self. This should be what we think of when we wake up and when we go about our day and when we go to bed at night. I mean, somehow, and really think about this, out of this infinite universe, you exist. Think about this. That's pretty amazing. It's incredible, actually. What were the odds of me existing? I actually looked it up not long ago. And it was something like the odds of you actually existing are 1 in 10 to the power of 3 million. Think about that. So 1, this is the odds, 1 in 10 followed by close to 3 million zeros. So basically, the odds of you existing are zero. The number of atoms in the universe, to put it into some perspective, is 10 with 80 zeros. Think about that. (laughs) The odds of you existing are 1 in 10, followed by... (laughs) Three, <laughs> 10 with 3 million zeros, the number of atoms in the universe is 10 with 80 zeros behind it. So you are beyond rare. You are beyond special. And I don't mean in some snowflakey way. Your life isn't a throwaway thing. Now, if it is unique, and it is, Don't you think it's important to train in a way that really matters? To develop a way of training that is of benefit not just to yourself, but like a light in the darkness? I think so. Life isn't about productivity. It is about taking full advantage of having a life and fostering growth and understanding about helping others and making this world better for you having been in it. It is easier to just not do any of this, of course. (laughs) It's easier just to take this huge opportunity you've been given and act like it doesn't matter. Live the soap opera of life. Be petty, be uncaring, think that everything is just about you. I don't think that is what life is about, though. And I hope you don't. If you're listening to this podcast, you probably don't. And given that you're going to do more with your trading, I think that you're probably thinking the same sort of thing that I am. The hardest thing about training, which is what life is, by the way, is about seeing, and I mean truly seeing what life in reality is. Learning, growing, and letting go. It isn't easy, though. It's far easier to live small lives, think small things, treat others smallly. That's a word. But that isn't what training is to me, though. Let's train to develop ourselves into better beings despite being flawed humans. And how do you get there, though? Well, 
Listening to podcasts like this sure help, especially if we learn something. But we should also read. We should meditate. We have to physically train. And we have to learn to see beauty in life. We also need to be grateful. And we need to be kind. Pretty easy, huh? (laughs) No, not really at all. But it is worth it. So there you go. I hope that helps. And with that, I think I'm going to tie this one into a knot. So thanks for listening, everybody. I love hearing from you, by the way. If you are a new listener, don't be afraid to drop me a line. Tell me what you think, uh, as long as it's nice. (laughs) Um... You can find the Warriors Way podcast on Facebook. We're on Instagram. You can support us on Patreon. You can, of course, join the Warriors Way online training program. And if you like the type of thing that I talk about, you can pick up one of my books. You can find those for your Kobo, for your Kindle, or a paper copy on Amazon. And don't be afraid and don't be a stranger go to www.warriorsway.ca and check out our website. It's a great place to start your training growing in new ways. Until next time, folks, take care of yourselves. Train hard, have fun. Be the best friend you can be. And let's make this life far better. Thanks.